0: welcome 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 to another fun-filled action-packed excitement episode i was trying to think of more adjectives there for uh, AMB sports media the podcast my name's aj and i'm bill
1: and let's get right into it yeah we're gonna start right off with our lovely september 27th day in sports history going way back to 1879 The British Opens Men Golf at St. Andrews. Scotsman Jamie Anderson wins by three shots from countrymen Jamie Allen and Andrew Cicardley for his third consecutive title. We're going to go now all the way up now to 1919, which is 40 years away. But still, Boston Red Sox slugger Babe Ruth takes his MLB home run record to 29 with a third inning blast in a 7-5 defeat against the Washington Senators at Griffith Stadium. And then, let's see. Ah, here we go. In 1921, American swimmer Johnny Weissmuller sets his first two world records in the 100-meter and 150-yard freestyle events at the AAU Nationals meeting in Brighton Beach in New York City.
0: I completely forgot that Babe Ruth started with the Red Sox first.
1: Yes, he did. That's all I remember um and now we're gonna drive right off that conversation off the highway and into the ground we got formula one to talk about what a transition i know it's a pretty good one not gonna lie we (laughs) are gonna talk about the japanese grand prix and as we weren't as shocked as last week with the Singapore grand prix max verstappen came back on top yay he won again however it was a beautiful two three for lando norris and oscar piastri for mclaren both scoring 18 and 15 points respectfully Charles Leclerc and P4 Lewis Hamilton and P5 and Alonzo is eighth and where the hell is uh Sergio Perez Sergio oh he was in the DNF he got into an accident I forgot there was a big pile up in this one uh but beyond that regarding the entire driver standings Max is winning we knew this Sergio oh. Perez currently has 223 points um lewis hamilton's actually catching up to him he has 190 so that battle for seconds closing in but right on lewis's tail is fernando alonso with 174 so it's still possible for fernando to take third place out of this whole thing um i also want to note that lando norris is now up in seventh after that most recent win his points are coming up and lance stroll you stay down there in 10 with 47 I do want to say it's really bad with AlphaTauri, which is Red Bull's secondary team, with AlphaTauri having their one driver, Yuki Tsunoda, all the way down in 17th with three points, and his other teammates, Nick DeVries with zero, Daniel Ricciardo when he raced that one time with zero, and Liam Lawson, who's the other current one, who also has two points. That ain't good, Red Bull, or not Red Bull, sorry, Alpha Got to get your shit together. Anyway, uh, moving on and driving into the pit lane and getting out, and we're going to another stadium. We're going to talk quickly about the Philadelphia Union. They uh, recently played on September 20th. They tied against Charlotte 2-2, which actually affected them for a massive, yeah, these are all points, four-way tie for third. So I'm looking at the schedule right, or the standings right now. Columbus, Philadelphia, Atlanta, and New England all have a total of 49 points. Second sorry. place in Orlando City has 51. So that next game, which is happening tonight, um, oh, I'm sorry. I forgot. I messed myself up real quick. They also played on September 23rd against LAFC, and it was a draw, 0-0. They're now playing tonight against Dallas um, at 730. And this will be a big one for them because they need a win in order to get some points. Dallas is ranked ninth in the Western Conference, currently at a 10 win, nine draws, 10 losses. So hopefully they can get the chance and get some points to get into at least the top three of the Eastern Conference. So that's what we're hoping for. And hockey season has finally came on back. We went from one red card to right into, oh, uh, fuck the, uh damn it, I had it oh, ready. Oh, you're so close. Fuck, what's it called? What's it called? It. No, I really can't remember. Fuck. Uh, The penalty box. There we there go. There we go. Thank God. Jeez. Oh, God. Can we edit that? <laughs> And we please no, said I'm, I'm keeping that. I man. know you're not. The Flyers <laughs> lost. What else is new? God uh, damn it. <laughs> and they lost to a Devils six to zero. So God bitch, damn it. We're already starting. And I already have uh, one guy. I bought season tickets two years ago. And this guy is now calling me back, going, Oh hey, we should you should do this again. I'm like, no, you guys are too expensive for your losing streak.
0: <laughs> hey, by the way, we're looking a little better this year.
1: Uh, the good news is we have a couple more preseason games to go through. They're actually playing at 7 o'clock tonight against the New York Islanders, so we'll see how that goes. And then they'll have four more preseason games to get their shit together um, because they really do already. But we're out of the penalty box. We're dropping the gloves, and it's time to fight. We're going to be talking about the UFC fight night, Rafael Faziz versus Garmont, uh, Matos Garmont. I'm going to go real quick through this because there wasn't a lot that I want to really go through. First and foremost, Charles Jourdain, you won via submission in round one. Proud of you. Love you. I hope you get back into the featherweight division. Um, moving right up uh, to the co main featherweight bout Bryce Mitchell versus Dan, 50K. Ige, neither of them got money. Dan didn't even get his 50K. He lost via uh, unanimous decision to Bryce Mitchell. Where does that put him in the running? I have no idea at this time. We'll figure it out as we go. Uh, last but not least, the sad reality of the lightweight bouts, Rafael Faziv versus Matus Garmont. Uh, Garmont, Garmont, whatever. Unfortunately, Rafael t- uh tore his ACL in the middle of the fight. He oh, won via TKO, or Garmont won via TKO because of that. That moves him up to sixth. Uh, Raphael's probably gonna be out for like a year or two to get himself back together. I hope for a speedy and quick recovery for him. Moving on real fast, we're not gonna focus really on the next two fight nights for UFC. And the reasoning why is not that they're it's not that they're interesting. It's people that you wouldn't know. And I'm not gonna as I introduce fighters slowly, I know people would want to be interested, but right this moment unless you are like very invested in this you wouldn't know half the names on here they're unranked fighters for the most part yes there's a few of the top 15 like number 15 fighting or in the case of the main card for the most recent one Grant Dawson who's ranked 10 so we are going to just skip over these two cards for the moment or fight night ones and i'm just going to go over what's happening in the future um with the more the clo- the two Next pay-per-view events because they are big, and we are going to start with Islam Makachev versus Charles Oliveira too. This card in its own right is stacked, and I love it to death. Um, and my man is on this card. That is a fucking death wish for him. God help him. Uh, so the reason why I, I jumped up real quick, if I'm correct, that's not the right guy. Never mind. Hang on. Take two seconds. There he is. He is on the card. My mistake. Re- refresh, refresh, refresh. He's really fucked. Okay, so this card is going to be UFC 294. This is in Abu Dhabi. Um, this is going to be at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank God. That means I don't have to wake, stay up late for this. Um, yeah, I, I love those. I love 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This is Saturday, October 21st. Um, The whole card has not been fleshed out yet, but you will note that there is going to be a lot of fighters from Russia, um, Tajikistan, which I wanted to bring back up, and United Arab Emirates, or again, Russia, like Dagestan specifically. Um, I'm going to just pick out some specific fights. I know there's other ones that are on here, but when the week gets closer, I'll do a deeper dive. But just to focus on the light heavyweight side, this is a huge fight. You got Magomed Ankhalayev versus Johnny Walker. Magomed is currently ranked two. Johnny Walker is ranked seven. This is a big step up for Johnny and his chance to go for the lightweight belt, which we'll be talking about shortly as well. If Johnny wins, this gives him a chance for the title convention. I know the lightweight lightweight belt's kind of fucky right now, but we'll get back into that shortly. Uh, moving on, I actually want to bring up this fight just because I think it's hysterical. Trevor Peak versus Muhammad Yaha. Yaya, sorry. It's y- Y-A-H-Y-A, so yaya, yaya to me. Trevor Peak's the dude that I've been keeping an eye on in the unranked lightweight division because the man does not just throw punches. He literally throws clubs with his fists. It's hysterical. So I want to see how that goes.
0: He looks like oh. the dude, if if you saw a picture... And it was the it was a picture referring to, hey, my friend thinks you're cute over there. It would show <laughs> him, dude. <laughs> that, that, that is that that is good. Oh, that's um, the most, what the first of all, I know they haven't gotten all of the other guys' stats, but like I feel like a uh, a zero zero height is Yeah, a little too short. A little too short yeah.
1: there. Um oh actually I forgot about this guy, Ashnal Jubilee. He's one of the first Indian fighters like out of India that's going to be that's into UFC so good for him for making a pay-per-view card. Hey. Um so gonna skip right up to on this one the featherweight bout Nathaniel Wood versus Muhammad Naimov. Um and the reason why I bring this up Muhammad Naimov is one of the fighters from Tajikistan um that just came out recently that got signed into the UFC. Um, and they have their whole co It's a small ass country. They're all like rooting for these fuckers to get into this shit. And he wasn't expected to win his fight against Jamie Malarkey, which he did via knockout. He has the basically, I'm gonna stand there and throw. He's currently nine and two. Um, the light and the man he's fighting, though, Nathaniel Wood. Is currently twenty and five, nine wins by knockout, five by sub, seven first round finishes. He just uh, beat the ever living crap out of Philly, and then he also beat Charles Jordan, who's also on this card. I think he is on a three. Yep, he's on a three fight win streak. I would love to see the upset, but I don't think that's happening. We would love to believe, but we're not. Um, we're realistic here. Realistic, Nathaniel Wood. But um, we're going to move on because the next two, obviously, the uh, main event and the co-main are huge. Uh, the co-main, Paulo Costa, ranked 6 versus ranked 4, which, where is that at? Kamzat Chimaev will be fighting. That is a huge about that we're excited to see because we want to see Kamzat fight again. Unfortunately, when it came to Kamzat originally fighting... Uh, He came in eight pounds overweight at his last uh, welterweight debut, or not welterweight debut, welterweight fight against Nate Diaz. That's when the whole fucky-wucky situation happened, where they had to switch Nate Diaz off. um, Nate Diaz and Comzat were supposed to fight. Tony Ferguson and Kevin Holland were supposed to fight, and they just kind of mixed everyone up to where Comzat fought Kevin Holland. Nate Diaz fought Tony Ferguson. It's a whole mess. It was a whole shit show. Um, because of that, he's now fighting at middleweight, which is a heavier weight class. So he should be fine. Um, a lot of people as of right now are really banking on Paulo Costa because he is an excellent kickboxer, great striking, and he does have good takedown defense. I think this is going to be a massive test for Kamzat to see if he could still keep it together and win. The thing with Kamzat that happened to him last time when he fought, um... Gilbert Burns was he got into a slug fest. It was very dirty. It wasn't clean and he got dropped because of it. And his coach was reaming his ass out. So hopefully he understands to listen to his coach during the fight and honestly would probably take it. If he's currently at plus 270 right now, I would take those odds. I was about I to
0: say because he's number,
1: he's ranked number four. Over I, so Paul here's the soccer. thing about that that rank number 4 is for the welterweight division. Hmm. So it's not the middleweight division. So Paulo Costa is going to have normally more weight on him. But because of how long this card took to make, they're probably even when it comes to body mass net body mass now.
0: Well, cuz um, I now, so <clears throat> the what
1: they have here is the weight for Paulo Costa is 185 and yep. then uh Kamzot's 178. Exactly because uh, that was the last time they weighed in. Oh, uh, okay. So when the, he fought Nate Diaz, or was supposed to fight Nate Diaz, during, like, again, during the whole fucky-wucky situation, he was supposed to weigh in at at least 170 or 170 and a half. I think they may give a pound. But since it was, since it was a main, card event, or main event, I think it was only 170, he showed up eight and a half pounds overweight, hence the 178. So that makes that, sense. Yep. Yeah. So we'll see how Kamzat does. Wish him the best of luck. Lightweight title bout. This is fucking wild. This is um Islam Makachev versus Charles Oliveira too. Honestly, I think this one's going to be so much better than the first. I think Charles is um understands like what he needs to do in order to make it happen um uh, in order to win, but Islam is no slouch whatsoever and will always just keep improving. He has probably one of the best camps that you can get. And I think this one's going to be a lot closer than the first. I'm very excited to see this fight. I wouldn't be sure who's going to win, but eventually, but one of them will be. Um, I would honestly still take Islam again for this, but I wouldn't say no to taking the plus 275 on Charles Oliveira. I'm about to say that looks juicy it is juicy i would take it so, so we're what? gonna move right on to the next big big event ufc 295 john jones versus stipe miocic um i'm not gonna focus too much on it because the card hasn't been fully fleshed out yet because it was just announced but this will be it on saturday november 11th at five o'clock eastern standard time thank god Um, at the Madison Square Garden in New York, I did look up tickets. AJ, guess how much nosebleeds were? No, uh, fifteen hundred. Actually, lower. I respect that. I I respect the choice of going high though. Yeah, it's USA in New York. Like, yep, that's that's what I expect. How much are they? Uh, hang on, I'm gonna do it again. So I just double checked the the thing. Uh, cheapest tickets with tax because I'm always a man that shows tax. Oh, they won't show me tax fuckers. Damn you, Ticketmaster. $858. $858 for nosebleeds? Nosebleeds, yep. I'm good. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, so that's not happening anytime soon again. So that is so the big thing about that one specifically is the main and co main. Obviously, you have John Jones versus Steve A. Honestly, when it comes to the conversation, I think Jones wins pretty single-handedly. I know Stipe is an excellent fighter, but you have to realize the man has not fought in years. He's currently 20-4, 15 wins by knockout, 5 by decision, 3 title defenses. He's still ranked number 3, but his last fight was Francis Ngannou back in March 27th of 2021. That is now over oh, two wow. years ago. And the only thing I could say is where I'm going to flip flop. He, he may have ring rust, but you know who also did, we thought would have ring rust? Me thinking about John Jones when he went 27 and 1, who's 27 and 1, where he beat Cyril Gon after a three year layoff um, between February and March. So I can't say ring rust is going to be a thing. It really may just come down to age. It may come down to just skill. I know John Jones is taking this incredibly seriously. I'm assuming Stipe is as well. So I think it will be a nice bout. And they both have good wrestling. They have great striking. Um, I think John Jones will take it overall, though.
0: Yeah, he's just he's just so dominant, dude. Even though he, he is, might have, he he have
1: rust, he's he's just dominant, especially yes. in the heavyweight. Yeah. So this one though, the co-main, ha! Oh, I am ready for. This is for the lightweight, light, sorry, light heavyweight title. So, as I said, the current situation with the light heavyweight belt is kind of fucky. What happened was, not Alex, I'm sorry, Jerry Prohaska won the belt off Glover Teixeira, got injured, had to vacate the belt. They decided to run it back with Glover Teixeira and. Jamal Hill, for the vacant belt. Jamal Hill wins. He gets the belt. He then gets hurt. So, in the meantime, what they found during that fight uh, with Jamal Hill when he gets injured, they had another fight go on with Alex Pereira versus John Blahovic. John Blahovic lost. Alex Pereira won. That was basically the title eliminator to, for the, uh, the vacancy because Jerry is now healthy again. So now we have Jiri Prohaska versus Alex Pereira, meaning we are going to see some fucking shit go down. Basically, you are going to see, hopefully, the most high-level, high-output striking that we can get. I hope. I hope it doesn't get, go wrong. But the reason why I think that will happen is Jiri's fucking insane. That man will run at you swinging... And have no fear whatsoever. The man comes <laughs> is cut from a different cloth. He is a samurai. He trains like a samurai. I lie. He trains like a fucking lunatic because he goes out in the middle of the winter and goes training in fucking ice cold shit because he's so fucking badass so he is scary his dominic reyes ko where he does a spinning elbow and literally makes the man go unconscious and have to eat oatmeal for a couple weeks i don't know if that's true i'm just saying he was knocked the fuck out in the meantime though alex Pereira, the man that is tko'd izzy the man that has destroyed the other champ sean strickland is coming in we've seen his ground game improve, we know the power he has is 100% pure Angus grade knockout fucking power, he is strong, the thing that I want to see from Alex in order to have a better chance is to keep up the volume, if he doesn't keep up the volume, he's gonna get his ass knocked out, because Jerry on the other hand Will throw constantly with volume to fucking mess up Alex because Alex will throw a couple, get back into his stance, keep going, as kickboxers would. Jerry says, Nah, fuck that. I'm gonna go 110 on you and start throwing a flurry of blows as much as he can until this Alex is on the floor and he has the belt back. Well so- I'm <sighs> standing currently going through all that. Anyway. <laughs> Well, something so just a quick thing
0: too is that like on KO and TKO, both of them have eighty six percent win yeah. by TKO, and Alex Prayer has no sub like submission wins. So like- That's
1: not going to happen. I'm yeah. telling you. I'm not saying that in a negative way. The man was never. The man just recently got into the, uh, into mixed martial arts. He is currently eight and two. His whole background is from kickboxing. If he wins via sub, that would be the greatest potential ploy for um a gambling catastrophe or a scandal scandal that's the word i'm looking for because no if you were to take alex pereira via sub it's probably plus like what two thousand at some point and some odds i it's probably too early to do that but if yeah it's not available it's not something that would likely happen if it did you'd make a shit ton of money off it though so I believe you, it. What
0: you're telling me is Alex Pereira on submission, because you were saying everything that tells me is not going to happen, which most
1: of the time means it's going to happen. So here's the thing, and I explain, I've i explained this to a friend. When it comes to certain matchups, you're right. That type of thing happens. A great example of that is Gilbert Burns versus Kamzat Chemaev, two excellent ground um ground game people submissions um takedowns takedown defense they have everything in their arsenal because they both know that they go to striking and so knockouts become a thing when it comes to this though where it's strikers you're right ground game normally would be in a, is would be the most effective route to get out of here jerry could totally do it Alex would have to have some really great defense in order to make this happen. I don't think Jerry wants to do that, but I also don't know the guy either. I've never been to, you know, wherever the fuck he lives. I think it's Czechoslovakia, if I remember correctly. Yep, or Chesnia, sorry. And either way, I'm like, either way, I think Jerry actually wants to test his medal against him and fucking go at him. But I may be wrong and the submission may happen. Never know. Yeah. All right. I have one more thing I forgot to bring up because I wanted to rant about this, and I apologize, AJ. And I will be quick. How cause... could you? I, I know. Really so remember.
0: it's not like we're on a podcast or anything where you can rant.
1: It's ridiculous. Yeah, I can. Dude. Um. So the le- So they actually did one more fight card announcement for UFC 296, which is Colby Covington versus Leon Edwards. I'm not going to get into that right now because that's all the way in December, and I personally. Have already ranted so many times about my disdain for having Colby in a main event title fight when he has not won in I think the last three bouts, unless you count including the Masvidal fight, which he did win. Sure. Um, I'm actually I, this whole card I'm probably gonna save for I'm gonna say for another day, except for one event or one fight. Patty Pimblett is finally making his return after his sixth win. And he will be facing a man on a six-fight losing streak, Tony Ferguson. I know why this is being done. I don't like it, because obviously, you know, you're having one of your former greatest stars, Tony Ferguson, who probably needs to get his head checked for CTE, going to fight one of your other Somewhat rising stars, Patty Pimplett. And the only reason why I say somewhat is because his last fight against Jared Gordon was very close to being considered. It, it really, he should have lost. But again, I'm not a corrupt MMA judge, so that happens. <laughs> but here's the, un- the big thing though: Patty Pimblet, as I just said, is on a six-fight winning streak where Tony is on a six-fight losing streak. The man needs fucking help. And the UFC are going to suck him dry like a goddamn vampire in the middle of the night, because they know it's money. Everyone will still want to see Tony fight one more time. So fighting Patty probably in that sense makes sense. The thing that I don't like is the man just isn't healthy. You can't go through six fucking wars of getting beat, your ass beating so many times. Gaethje hit his head so much. His brain must have been moving back and forth like a speed bag. He then got up kicked by fucking <laughs> Michael Chandler, where his head probably just brain just bounced off the top of his skull, went down and was drooling for a couple days afterwards. Uh, the man has just been beaten the fuck up for six fights, whereas Patty, it's been obviously, you know, either close wins or controversial wins. My only takeaway from this is if Tony comes out for the first round, and I'm only saying the first because I don't think anything beyond that, comes out in the first round like he did against Chandler and had moments of good striking, good like reading, he will beat Patty Pimblett if Patty is not focused on training like keeping his chin down. He leaves his head up. It is perfect for a knockout. Now, the problem is, whoever wins, this is a lose-lose situation, though, for Patty Pimblett. Okay, you beat Tony Ferguson. whoop fucking do You just beat a dude who's on a six-flight losing streak. You made it seven. The man should have retired two of them ago. Um, nobody's going to really care about you beating Tony Ferguson at this point in their life. Nobody. So, that's not going to raise your star power. Secondly, if you lose, you just lost to a six fight losing streak, Tony Ferguson, who's probably, you know, still drooling from the mouth and maybe eating, you know, (laughs) sponge cakes. I don't know something. I just don't see it working out well for Patty. So I'm probably going to take Tony on this. Honestly, God. Huh? Really? Yeah, that's how I'm feeling about it. But that is all I have for UFC at this time. I know this card UFC 296 is a banger from what I'm seeing so far. But since that's all the way in December, we're not going to focus on it right now. Nope. But I know what we are going to focus on. Do you know, Bill?
0: Uh, The hunt for red October. Oh no, that's coming up though. I'm excited for that. No, what we are going to talk about though, is there's been a huge trade in the NBA. Oh, the trade. You're right. Mm -hmm. This has been a long time coming and all of uh, all the community and all of America want to know where he was going to go for this. But Dam Damian Lillard, um has been traded to the Milwaukee Bucks in a three-way trade including the Phoenix Suns which is which is huge because that means that Lillard is going to be playing with Giannis um those two mm. together they figure out who like ha- like cuz they they both of them never played with each other's types of play style so once they figure out that like it's over yeah. Sixers, Sixers window is done in my opinion but Lillard goes to Milwaukee um And the the Blazers get Drew Holiday, DeAndre Ayton, uh, Tumani uh, Kamara, and a a few amount of picks. And the Suns get, um, I'm going to butcher this name, Uh, Judith Nurchik, I think, Uh, Grayson Allen, Nasir Little, and Keon Johnson. So it's a three-way trade. Um, A lot of teams got a lot of people. Milwaukee only got Lillard, um, but that's pretty much all they need. But... There's rumors um, that Drew Holiday is still on the block, and that uh, Milwaukee's actually going to ship him out, and a few people have actually been saying that uh, Philly should definitely go after him. bring him back home. Uh, he was on the sixers at one point. OK. But yeah, I think the, uh, I think the Sixers window is officially up, unless you know Yeah,
1: I agree. It was, it was a
0: fun ride. The process almost worked, but it didn't. Um, I hope I'm wrong. I, really I do. think we all hope that we're we're wrong, but uh Yeah. But I think the way that Maury's kind of handling everything, the way Harden is, it's 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 just looking like a huge cluster fuck. So that'll be uh I god damn it, I hate the Sixers so much now, dude. Yeah I hate I know. so much. But there's better news though, Bill. There's a lot better news. Um and you are correct, red October, the Phillies have clinched the number one wildcard spot for the playoffs red october's back thank god it's back baby and i loved it so as soon as the uh i was seeing all these videos come out and um they were just they were once again listening to dancing on my own um which i'm sure if we do another deep push that thing's gonna get played everywhere and i'm so excited for it oh yeah um but that that team is a bunch of fucking weirdos and i love every single second of it this season this season the season has been wild. Definitely a lot of ups, a lot of downs. But mm-hmm. all in all, it was—it's just so fun to watch these guys. Just you know, be dudes. They're—they're they're a fun fucking team. Um, Spotify actually—I don't know if it was like a—it probably was a location thing, but they had a CTA uh, call to action that says uh, "Got Philly's pride? Blast it!" And it was a—you uh, press listen now, and it was goes right to Callum Scott dancing on my own. Huh. But um, he actually wants to perform at the bank, and all of all affiliates like we want you to do that. But you need to understand what you're about to get into if you do do that. Very true. Um, and I a few cool notes about the Phillies too that I I love to hear. Um, I know we keep saying after the like since the ovation and stuff like that, but his his stats are just so good. I mean, it
1: it, it's a turning point in his season. It makes sense to say after the ovation. He's mm-hmm. literally just been on fire.
0: Ironically, Turning Point. Turner, uh, since the ovation, has had 46 games played. His average is 328. His OPS is uh 1.041, which is fan fucking tastic. He's got 16 home runs, 41 runs, and 42 RBIs. So he's been on fucking fire. And Marsh actually helped himself out of the slump to. I was going to say, he got a home care. run, right? Yeah, he had a bomb in the center. And, yeah, uh, it was a good shot. I saw it. He's getting out of his slump. Rojas has been fan fucking tastic. Rojas uh, is
1: fast. Oh he, wait, uh, who was the uh, pinch it, runner for? It
0: was uh, Pache. Thank you. Yeah, the um, it's just everyone on the team is just selflessly like performing, and I love it. That's what that yeah. that's, that's the thing that I love about this team is that they're all just like pretty much just brothers going for the ultimate goal. And the people that have been here for the Philly run wanted to get back here again and now they're here and they're they're all gonna live i think i think this team has a better chance of going through it than last year's team like last year's team i was surprised we even made it to the astros and then when we were putting up a fight against the astros i was even more surprised but this year's team it just they just feel more cohesive it yeah. feels like feels like the holes that were there last year most of them not all most of them have been there's still moments
1: like, where we are like ooh, that ain't good
0: Exactly, um, and I think a little of that goes to um, kind of goes to Nolan his play. But I mean, hey, when we needed him, he only lit up one run. He he True. got a two hundredth uh, strikeout last night, which is really awesome too. Yeah, it's huge. Um, but after <laughs> after the uh, the win, they all celebrated in the locker room and stuff like that. There, there was one picture video. Alec Baum looks at the camera operator he's like, is that waterproof? And it's, and it you couldn't see, obviously, what he said. But nah. as soon as he got the answer, he just sprayed it with beer and everything like that. <laughs> <laughs> Trey Turner had his hood up and just, like, the goggles, like a gremlin just throwing beer everywhere. Oh, dude, it, was, it was just watching those videos are so fun. And it makes me reminisce just on, like, my old days of baseball and, like, going through playoffs and getting, like, those achievements and, like, partying with everyone. It's just it was so much fun, and it's 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 so well. It makes the party that much sweeter. Um, it does. But yeah, like like I said, after the game, uh, Marsh and Alec Baum actually went to Xfinity Live, and there's a video of Marsh riding the bull. He t- he takes his belt off, throws it up, gets on the bull, starts like dancing and everything, and then like they just have their own little like crew and stuff like that. And I was like, is he there by himself? But no, Alec Baum with his beanie was there and just chilling. So uh, hopefully, after you know they they win their next the wild card round when we're all in the nextfinity, they uh they head over. But I'm pretty confident they went over because it was a it was a Tuesday night. They they knew the if there was any crowd, it would be small.
1: Yeah, they wouldn't. Yeah, they wouldn't be able to do it.
0: But yeah, I'm so I change. I already changed my uh, wallpaper to Red October. Oh, I'm so excited! It's gonna be it's gonna be a fun time.
1: Wolverine. Um,
0: I don't think we have our opponent yet, but I mean. Wild card goes through us, so does at this point doesn't matter. That um, means
1: I'll be looking for tickets. Hell yeah,
0: I I don't want to break the bank because Eagles are already making me do it, but playoff baseball. Yeah, I'm not going to
1: the Miami game if the, the the bank is gonna be if tickets are gonna be costing 500 yeah, minimum. That's ridiculous. Yeah, it's too much. But I I genuinely I agree with Mikey that
0: like close to the game time and even after like the 1 p.m. slate, you should be able to find something. No, um, I agree. I'm gonna keep an eye on that, but. So <clears throat> there was the, uh, so Spencer Strider, who's uh, the praise pitcher, he was actually asked, what's your hot take, um, like hot sports take? And um, he said, uh, there needs to be absolutely no fans. Like 2020, there was no fans. It's too loud, it's too loud. Everybody be quiet. Like we, he, his exact words, we know you're watching, but we don't need fans and stuff like that. And, <laughs> oh. and uh, like now everyone's ripping into him, but all Philly fans were like, damn. He's gonna really hate coming back to Citizens Bank Park, and it just everything kind of clicked. Like, yeah, he's a stud pitcher, but like when he faced us, he got his shit rocked, and it makes a lot of sense now. Like, if he's if he hates fans that much, especially like near the dugouts, it explains why he would get rattled. Because like you know, especially in Philly, dude. Yeah. <laughs> well, I saw one of the videos. The guy screamed, dude, "Nice mustache, pussy." <laughs> <laughs> but I yeah, I'm just excited. I love playoff baseball just has a whole different vibe so i'm excited to see how far we go excited to just join the ride and and see where we're at and i hope we get to face the braves um again in the uh you know national league championship but yeah moving uh you know what just we we were long tossing there but long tossing right over to uh to football um the eagles played um monday they did they uh they went three and zero and they looked significantly better than what they did before.
1: They did. They won twenty five to eleven. They scored at least in every and I mean just either field goal or touchdown in every quarter. Hmm. Whereas Tampa Bay did not score at all in the first or the third quarter.
0: Nope. And um, I have notes here too. Like the defense looked. They they were dominant. Guess our, what? Our D, our D line looks disgusting. What? Guess what?
1: What? Reed is back and he had seven total tackles.
0: He is, he was, I, I was
1: watching like, so the interception. I would. He's running, he's, he's still, reading so well.
0: Someone called him on Twitter, Chalk Doc. <laughs> and I think that's the perfect <laughs> thing for him. Yeah. But I, to kind of piggyback off of that, though, there, there was a few plays that stuck out. Was obviously the interception where he, he yeah. read that fully. He baited Baker Mayfield. And as soon as Baker wanted to go throw it, he broke for it. Broke in front of the the receiver, intercepted it. It was beautiful work of art. But there was another play where he was he was a safety. He was still high. He wasn't like in the box or anything. Like yeah. That. It was a run play to Sean Tucker. Oh, the blitz. Yeah. It, I don't even know if it was a blitz. No, it, it was a blitz. Like it was because I just know that he he read it like immediately. Perfectly. He knew exactly where it was. Sprinted all the way down from the safety, made the tackle for a loss. Like, I don't know how much better you can get. Like, I'm so happy that we have this man because he's, he's good. He's on fire. Like, ever since Malcolm Jenkins left, I was always worried for our safety position. Like, yeah, we had C.J. Uh, C. Garner-Johnson, who was fantastic. But, obviously, he was a one-year deal. For Reed Blankenship, he's still an undrafted, like, rookie free agent. Like, we we no picks. So, he's, he's on minimum contract. He's definitely going to get a contract, like, within the next few years. And I think he won't ask for nearly as much as C.J., um, and it looks like our safety position actually – at least I forget if he's free safety or strong safety. But, I mean, if he's there for, for a while, that is yeah. A-OK for me. Fine by uh, me. The, the, the On our D-line, Jalen Carter looks like the best player on our team. He's like, a fu- is
1: that the big son bitch?
0: Yeah. So there's yeah. Jordan Davis, who's the biggest son bitch. And then mm-hmm. there's Jalen Carter, who's he, – so he's getting the double teams, which is allowing for people – um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I forget yeah. the exact linebacker, but the one when they got the safety, they double teamed Jalen Carter. And that's what allowed the, the linebacker to sprint in through the hole and tackle and get the safety. But, like, he just, he literally looks like the best. He's probably, I think he's tied with Javon Hargrave for most QB pressures or something like <laughs> that. This man's a rookie. <laughs> Javon Hargrave is, like, in his prime right now, veteran style. So, like, he's just. Oh, the defense looks so good. And our, nice. this, Desai actually had some really good plays, like a lot of, um, a lot of pulling back Nolan Smith uh, Jr. Um, he actually looked pretty good. The edge rusher we got with, in the first round as well um, kind of decoyed a lot. So it was really good to see that there was a lot of creativity and immediately already better than Jonathan Gannon. Like that defensive scheme looks a lot better. I'm it very does. Happy it for looks
1: it. very good. And um, props to Jalen and Fletcher Cox for getting half a sack. Where Marlon to, to – how, how do you say Marlon's last oh, name? It, it's
0: – you're. have fun with that. I'm not even going to try.
1: No, he got a sack. Good for him. Solo.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, With the offense, they have some issues to the clean up. There was a lot of miscommunications. Two interceptions. Yeah, well, so – I'll, I'll talk on one now and i'll talk on one afterwards so i will explain in a bit yeah so the miscommunications you had dallas goddard who um hurts one in the kind of sit instead of like go the slant. so it seems like there's a little bit of like an option route and stuff like that yeah um and it that really just comes with games play and that's why i like when people play in the preseason because you get the timing down you get the chemistry down and stuff yeah, you like you get that. yourself situated Exactly. And so there was that miscommunication with Goddard and then almost the exact same miscommunication with DeAndre Swift where he, DeAndre Swift was kind of doing like the shiftiness and instead it seemed like Jalen Hurts thought he was going to do like a curl route. And then he ended up doing a slant and Jalen Hurts threw to the curl route and there's a pick. So that was one thing that was a miscommunication that led to a pick, which will get cleaned up through weeks. Um, you play better teams though, that's just not gonna fly. So we do need to kind of p- clean that up a little bit better. Um on the other interception though, something that I noticed especially in um in this game is that our O-line is starting to show cracks and it's been a little shaky. Um there's I still think they're an extremely dominant front. Jason Kelsey's still the best center in the league and stuff like that, but lane lane and um Maelotta seem a little little rough too. And what I've noticed is more on, like, the, the deep plays, the deep balls. Um, so most of the time, Jalen Hurts on the deep balls will have, like, a few seconds to, to plant, and then he'll throw and get everything into it. Almost every single deep ball I saw, he was either getting hit or he couldn't get everything into it, which led to Devontae Smith interception, where he was in. Last year, uh, Jalen Hurts gets into it, places it right at Devontae Smith. That's a touchdown with the game that happened Monday, Jalen Hurst couldn't really step into it because there was a guy like pretty much going right into his face. He was getting blocked. Um, So he kind of had to not off the back foot, but not everything into it, which led to, you know, it being a little short and getting picked off. So my, my main concern is I I saw a lot more creativity, which I was very, very happy about. Um, Now my main concern is just cleaning up those miscommunications that can really change a game. And the O line just being a little bit more—it's hard to say. Have them do better because they've been doing really good. But I know what like, you mean, though. Yeah, there's those... there's a few kinks they just need to work out. Exactly. Um, and the Eagles fans actually took over uh, the stadium. Like, a, yeah, uh, we a heard device, more Eagles chants than
1: we heard Tampa chants.
0: Yeah, it was. It was oh my, there was actually a Cowboy Suck chant too.
1: That's um, accurate.
0: And there was a, a Tampa Bay local reporter who was like, you know, trying to talking about the game afterwards and just flooded with Eagles fans, just like yeah, walking around. I'm like, go birds, go birds. And he, I'm not joking, he was rattled. He was like, maybe we could uh get a Tampa fan. And he kept looking he couldn't find it. So he just started asking people about the game. And then just kept saying, Go birds and stuff like that. And he was he did not know what to do, and I fucking loved it. Um but Obviously, eagles are now synonymous with the brotherly sh- shove. Good old brotherly shove, or or some call it a tush push. I like the brotherly shove.
1: I like tush push.
0: Um, but people are getting heated over it, and there's some prominent analysts that are talking. So there was one guy who he was on the um. It was more of a like what big cat and Barstool does. So you'll watch them as they're watching the game. Cause they're gambling and stuff like that. And they'll have discourse and everything. But there was one guy on there. Um, it was next to big, big cat too, where he was like, I just, I hope Jalen hurts get hurt, gets hurt because of this play. And everyone's like, Hey, yo, that's, that's not cool. I'm not wishing on people's injuries. Yeah, you and don't, stuff like you that. don't wish for people to get hurt. Well, more analysts came out. So Nick, Wright, Who I'm, I firmly, firmly believe hates the Eagles firmly believe hates the eagles i think most people hate the eagles but like they know they never come out and say it Where like you know if you're an eagles fan or a cowboys fan you'll gladly say no i hate the eagles or no i hate the cowboys like even if you're an analyst like mccoy yeah. says it all the time i know um i forget um i forget irving always says it all the time too i know stephen a smith says screw the cowboys all the time but nick wright came out <clears throat> and he said um that the tush push or the Bradley shove should not be allowed uh, in the game and is a blight on the game because it's like, well, the Eagles, yeah, they, they, it's like, yeah, well, you know, get better and stop it. Or this is his response. So you get better and stop it or, you know, uh, do it yourselves. And he said, well, yeah, now that it's like one or two yards, what if they perfect it and get four to five yards every play? And it's like, no, that's not how that works. Like you're, you're making this a very arbitrary like argument. And he also, he was also a big Patriots fan who they would always do QB sneaks too, so that's kind of annoying. Um, But the biggest one, and it kind of ties back to the the guy I was talking about earlier who was on the the gambling show, Chris Sims, who I know for a fact hates Jalen Hurts. Before last season, he had a top 32 QBs. Jalen Hurts was not on them, on, on the list, meaning he thought there was 32 QBs better than Jalen Hurts before the season even started. All right, so that, that 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 paints the story. His exact quote, and I wrote it down because I found this so funny, and everyone's so like the internet's kind of like, "Hey, that's that's really fucked up." Chris Sims said, "If I was a defensive coach, I'd be going, go head hunting on the QB here, go crazy, try to kill the QB." That's and, fucked up. And he and his his one uh, announcer or analyst friend was like, "Hey, that was, I didn't say that. I didn't say that." So he started calling like reeling back. so like, "You know, obviously, I'm not saying." kill a QB, but, you know, like, and it was like, no, Chris Sims, no. Like, it, it's crazy to me that this has been such a a prominent play for the Eagles that they perfected that, like, n- n- the the first week of the NFL, other teams that, that tried it went 0-for-11. Like, the Eagles are very – it's just personnel and everything that they do. And uh, people just are hating on it so badly that – now people want Jalen to get injured, even analysts, which I find funny because it's just a, a deep-seated hatred for the Eagles that no one ever talks about, but for some reason, as soon as we start doing good, everyone everyone hates it. But
1: Nobody likes um, us, we don't care.
0: No one likes us, we don't care. But yeah, the Eagles won Monday. Um, moving on to uh, a few Sunday games. So Before we do
1: that, um, real quick, I want you to note something. Yes. Because this is actually – this is the – I know Sunday we'll get into Eagles versus Washington real fast, but mm-hmm. I'm on ESPN's website, and it gives you the option to look through everything and tickets. Guess how much the most expensive option for tickets are, like the, the cheapest – because they say tickets as low as whatever this number is. Guess how much Philadelphia versus Washington is? Uh, probably 75. Two twenty-one. What? Two twenty-one for Washington uh, tickets or Eagles Washington tickets? Are they at Washington? No, they're here. And it's two twenty-five for nosebleeds. Two twenty-five for I think standing room. Hang on, I'm double checking with Ticketmaster now, because that was all ESPN.
0: That seems a little ridiculous. Hang on, I, I know, I know. I think it was twenty fourteen or twenty fifteen that uh, the NFL started. Yep, two twenty five. Doing um, it was like a analytics ticketing, mm-hmm. um, pretty much yeah, like it obviously demand supply stuff like that. But then just it, it also takes into account the market and everything like that, and prices have only gone up, and yeah, that's that's kind of ridiculous. But
1: yeah, two twenty five is the minimum. The cheapest tickets that you can go buy, technically. Okay. The cheapest tickets that you could buy in the United States are $34 for the Los Angeles Ooh. Chargers versus the Indianapolis Colts. If you were in London by any chance to watch Atlanta and Jacksonville, they're
0: $29. Huh. Well, okay. now I'm thinking about, too, Washington's also undefeated. True. Which takes that into account. It does. Like, it yeah, does. Yes, yeah, the Redskins. Not the Redskins, sorry. Yes, yeah, the Commanders, but like It also does take into account 3-0, which, you know, definitely will. It's just
1: insane, though, the price of Phillies for Eagles tickets are so astronomically high that fans sometimes just can't get there because it's too much. Like, I want to go to the Miami game. I can't afford it. I would love to say I could, but due to the government shutdown coming up, I may be out of a job for a while.
0: Yeah, and it's just everything is is pointing to – much, like everything getting way more expensive and people not having the money for it and i think the only thing really propping up a lot of uh at least the, the city of philadelphia is the sports teams and like yeah. if if people are going to get out priced from that too like that's that's also going to be a very big problem
1: yeah when they get out priced then people can't go and the stands get empty they're going to wonder why it's simple makes exactly. the ticket prices cheaper Exactly. But the and problem then you have with scalpers and everything, but that's a well, whole other issue. All, yeah,
0: Ticketmaster didn't really help with scalpers, and everyone hates Ticketmaster because they've only made it worse. The, Ticketmaster the fee, has
1: made everything worse.
0: Like the fees and everything make it worse. I know even, even Joe Biden said that he's going to make sure that, like, the fees and everything that you get um, for, like, the ticket prices come down on, like, concerts specifically, and if there is fees, they tell you what it is because they just tell you fees. They don't tell, yeah, you, they what don't the tell you what are. type of
1: fee. It's mostly a convenience fee. Which
0: is bullshit. But, yep. Like, anyway, let's keep going. But um, before we get into Dows and and stuff, there was a few things I want to point out about the Phillies specifically, which I thought was funny. Um, <clears throat> there was a for last year when we went to the the Astros, because I thought I never saw this tweet, but I thought it was ex- it was extremely funny. Like it was it perfectly encapsulates. This. Um, the Astros are a perfectly engineered baseball machine of death. No one in their right minds would challenge. But the Philadelphia Phillies are that sign can't stop me because I can't read personified (laughs) as a baseball team, and I think it's even more personified now going into this. Um, But and they have a game today, which I, which it's so funny because no one's playing. Like a lot of like obviously like um, the bomb Schwarber, all them aren't playing, and everyone saw Garrett Stubbs is like all the main like the main person for all the videos he's playing catcher and everyone's like this man's gonna see five fastballs coming at him he's that he's that like hungover (laughs) but there's um a philly fan tried to get into the game tonight with what they said was a service animal billy can you guess what the animal was it was a peacock no i'll give you two more guesses because this is really fucking funny an anteater No, you're getting a little too creative here. Reel it back, last
1: chance. A flying squirrel. An alligator. Damn it, that actually sounds lit.
0: There's a picture of it. They rolled up with an alligator on a leash saying it's a service animal, and they actually tried to get into the game with it. Philly never ceases to amaze me, but oh, I just boy. wanted to bring that up because those two things were really funny. Oh, that is hysterical. But going back to football and this Sunday, or last Sunday, Dallas. Oh, boy. Good. Oh, my God, I love it. Good. I love it. And it was against Jonathan Gannon, so he has some leeway for the next few weeks, all right? We'll give him some leeway for delivering a loss, but, man, they just – they they lost to – What most analysts and most you know fancy community believed was going to be the worst team in football,
1: and they lost to them. They lost to the worst team in football. Sounds like Dallas.
0: I will say though that I'll actually give Cardinals. They're 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 kind of a black horse this year. Like they're not going to go far, but they're going to do a lot of this to uh, like more teams. Like the fight against the Giants. The only reason they won is because the Giants wanted it more. Like that was. That was a game of will, and I think the Giants built their way out of that, which was a fantastic game. But this game, they looked strong again, and they but this time they continually were strong, and they were like Prescott threw a pretty bad pick, but Pollard, Tony Pollard carried the ball twenty three times, one hundred twenty two yards. Um, C.D. Lamb couldn't really get anything going; he had fifty three yards total. Though. Like I think the Cardinals are going to do. A lot more damage than people think now, even even more than I thought at the beginning. But I think they're going to be a dark horse that good teams are going to go in there and they're going to Arizona's going to fight their ass off. And I'll give props to Jonathan Gannon because we were all shit talking him with a lot of his speeches and stuff. But it seems to be resonating. Yeah, because after the win, they they threw Gatorade on him and stuff like that. Um, so they're going to be a team I'm watching further and. To be honest, even James Conner, I thought he'd kind of get, he would kind of be washed up a little bit, but this man's on the season is averaging 5.22 yards per carry. Like his, his last two games were 106 yards, 98 yards, and both, and uh, t- a touchdown in both games. Like he's, he's been playing pretty well. Um, obviously, when Kyler Murray gets back from being healthy, which they're taking their time with, with which I think is a very smart thing to do, he'll be I the agree. guy, but. Josh Dobbs, he's a 28-year-old. He's been in this league for six years. He hasn't played more than, like, let's see, two games last year, a game for Pitt there, a few games for Pitt here and there. Like, he hasn't really been playing that much, and this man's been performing extremely well, so it's a cool story, and obviously, fuck Dallas.
1: Absolutely fuck Dallas.
0: Um the last one I wanted to bring up from last Sunday before we get into this Sunday slate is the the absolute massacre. Absolute
1: destruction.
0: Denver oh my god, dude. Looking at this game again.
1: I could I I can't 90 it. points were scored that game. 90... Seventy of them were with my ass. <laughs> yeah. Seventy.
0: Which is absolutely nuts. So if there was a stat I forget the exact number, but I know how much it was close to there was a stat if you played only dolphins players on your fantasy team you were scoring i think it was 206 or 207 fantasy
1: points i know i had the uh, <laughs> miami defense it was
0: great which was nuts well i i don't know how the fuck i did this so tua had 309 yards and four touchdowns um so they actually um devon uh a chan that's what that's how he wants his name to be pronounced devon chan um he his i think it was his first nah he played last week but like you know the main debut for him was this week because he had 18 carries 203 yards two touchdowns on the ground and then receiving wise he had four receptions 30 yards and two more touchdowns and then most did just as well with eighty-two yards, three touchdowns, and then seven receptions, sixty yards, and a touchdown. Tua had that nasty fake or that that flip, no look flip. Yeah. Did you see that, Bill? I did. Yes. Oh my god, that was this was this good. game. This game was nuts. Absolutely was. nuts. And the reason I was I was kind of giggling earlier is because I faced in my one league Tua and Mostert. I faced. The guy that I face had both of them, and he's the biggest shit talker in the league. I hope he listens to this podcast because I need I need him to know, <laughs> Chuck. Even though you called me four times and just were shit talking me the whole time, I beat you, bitch. I don't know how I don't know how my team outlasted Moser and Tua, but it did. And in my other league, I had uh, a Chan on the bench, and I still won that too. But this game was nuts. It was just such a de- brute, like force demonstration from Miami. Obviously, it's Denver. But like, dude, if, if any team puts up seventy points in week three, that's a clear like, oh shit! Like they're a threat. they're they're the team to beat. And I think that right now they're the easily the best team in the league. They're just I agree. Uh, the only the only issue I have with the Dolphins is actually their defense. I think their defense against the Chargers. Almost screwed him over. Um, against the Patriots, they kept him in, but they, there were some cracks there. So I think if their defense just literally just, like, tweaks a few things here and there, and I know Jalen Ramsey's coming back from injury, and once he comes back, that team is going to be disgusting. Like, like I love the Eagles, but that's going to be a fight. Like, more, more of a fight than last Super Bowl. Um, and what week do we actually face them? Do you know? I think it's uh week seven. Yep. Week seven we face them. So hopefully we get our issues in order. Um their defense gets their issues in order, and we're gonna be in for a wild, wild ride. So yeah, that <laughs> I was watching that game and I was I was I was in disbelief. I couldn't believe it. I really couldn't. Um moving on to this this upcoming week. Um, for, for Thursday, we actually have a, a really fun game that's going to happen. Uh, it's Detroit versus Green Bay. Um, that is going to be a good one, yeah. yeah divisional bout. Both offenses look real good. Both defenses look real good. So that's going to be fun. Jordan Love's been on a tear. So as the, uh, the Detroit offense, though. They've been, they've been doing really well. Um, let me actually, because I had a few uh, anytime touchdown props. In mind, so I'm going to go off of DraftKings for this because
1: there you go. I, th-
0: I think there's going to be there's um there's a few people that honestly are kind of on my radar. One of them being Musgraves, Luke Musgraves. He's the uh I I want to say I'm biased, but I also think I'm being very objective here. He's yeah. the um because i have him on both my teams, <clears throat> but he's the Green Bay tight end. He's also in on every, in all three weeks, Jordan Love has just missed him for a touchdown. When I say just missed him, I mean overthrew him by 15 to 20 yards. Um, so he's he's due. He, he's had the opportunities. He's there. Um, and Luke Musgraves is at plus 285 for any time okay. touchdown, which I think is very good value. Um, outside of that, I would also – I'd probably do a, a tight end parlay. Sam Laporta, he actually broke a rookie record. Um so he's been he's been popping off for, for Detroit. And he's plus two uh plus two hundred. So I feel like both of them combined would be a good parlay, or if you want to just put five bucks on either or yeah, why not? <laughs> I feel like that would definitely you know get a good return on investment. Um I kinda think Green Bay takes this only because um it's it's at home. So I think Yeah,
1: home field advantage may take it for him
0: exactly um and hopefully we'll get to see one of them do the lambo leap but the but fun fact they're actually i don't even know if you would consider i guess they're underdogs technically they're plus yeah. 100 so which i actually don't think of i thought it was only going to be a minus but yeah plus 100 for the packers minus 120 for the lions over under is 46 lions one and a half um I'd take the Packers plus one and a half, honestly. I would. It's not bad. Um, and then last but not least, we'll talk about the Washington Commanders versus the Philadelphia Eagles. That's the one PM slate. Um What do you think, Bill? What do you think? What I think you we take it. I think so too, especially if we're at home. Um, we're at home, we yell at Washington, they cry. They oh, I'm last. sorry, commanders are commanders are two and one. They got dismantled <laughs> by the Bills. Um yep. But yeah, Sam Howell's been playing pretty well, but against a I guess a, against a um a defense that your O line's inferior to, I think that, you know, with with him being kind of the rookie QB, he's definitely gonna get rattled, throw a few picks here and there. Um and I think Philly takes this. Um Eagles are minus eight over under is forty three and a half, and Eagles are minus three eighty. Um there is no uh
1: Really? There's no touchdown props yet?
0: Not yet. Probably.
1: It'd probably be tomorrow with Thursday Night Football.
0: That's a very good point. Um, with that being said, I would actually, I'm I'm sure, I would have to go probably see, I want to do a swift plus two touchdowns. But like this, because he's where A.J. I, Brown had the opportunity. Was I like was going to say A.J.
1: had the opportunity. Either he's going to make it up or he's not going to have
0: all Swift keeps getting stopped right before the goal line and then they give it to someone else. So I kind yeah. of I actually wouldn't be opposed to doing a plus two T D prop on, on Swift here, but yeah obviously I need to know the, the odds, but yeah, I think we take this easy. I think we take this in a heartbeat. I don't think I don't even think this is a contest. Um but that's all we have for you guys today. Um I'm so excited for Red October, dude. My Twitter feed just <laughs> all over, but w- well I digress um please 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 because i know you guys haven't done it yet and i would really love you guys too because we're always we're always looking we're always on there um follow us at ab sports media um also email us at bill and media at gmail.com um we we definitely love to hear you guys questions um don't worry isaiah we'll get we we, we have ideas for yours um but on that note my name aj and i'm bill and thanks for listening now get the hell off my lawn Get going. Okay.
1: If gambling has become a problem for you or for someone you know, please call 1-800-GAMBLER to seek free, confidential, 24-7 problem gambling assistance. You can also text SUPPORT to 53342 to get more information about problem gambling behavior.